Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent, who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future. I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you, and good night. I love you.
I'm not, I'm not saying Judge Kavanaugh is not going to prison. He's going to get to the Supreme Court. But I'm just saying in general, we, we, women have made up false accusations about men, and men have gone to prison for so many years. And the fact that you know this is being taken so lightly and the, the liberals are so one-dimensional and jaded and they don't care if a man is innocent and that he is totally you know, getting slammed and lied to. And these women, let's face it, they're coming out of nowhere. I mean, these are not accurate or rational or, you know, they're not – their story has no merit. And it also keeps changing. And we now – I want to play – I want to play the clip from Trump earlier um, on, on fake claims because he makes a great point. And then I want to talk about um, the third accuser that came forward today, which it, she uh, basically – uh, contradicted some claims. I got to read. I got to read this to everybody. This is from Breibart earlier. So the questions aroused today about claims by Julie Swetnick, who is the third accuser against Brett Kavanaugh, accurately revealed that she would have been in college during the time period she claimed he was present at the gang rapes at these high school parties. So now we have women coming out. This third accuser of gang rapes and running trains on females. I mean, you know, I mean, to each their own, you know, what, what, you know, that's whatever a female likes. I'm not hating on anybody that likes to get a train ran on them or get gang. I, I, this, you know, uh, there's no rape here. Let's just say this is ridiculous. And if this girl was in college at a high school party, this woman uh, should be arrested, should have been arrested for statutory rape. I mean, this woman was with underage minors unless these kids were, of course, 18, but they're going back to Kavanaugh all the way till he was, like, 14. So, you know, these stories contradict themselves, and especially the first accuser as well, uh, Christine Ford, who's going to testify tomorrow. This woman can't keep her story straight. She doesn't know the who, where, when, why. She can't answer simple questions. She doesn't remember. She doesn't remember. She doesn't remember. You know, a lot of people are asking me, do I think she's going to show up tomorrow? I don't know. I, I go back and forth. This woman is l- – listen to this, guys. This woman is going in front of the world and telling her story. Imagine how embarrassing, you know, this would be for her if she was caught in a lie. And we have one of the best experts that's going to be cross-examining her, uh, a woman out of Arizona. Uh, she's a veteran sex crimes prosecutor by the name of Rachel Mitchell. And, uh, you know, she is a uh, – been doing this for 25 years, and uh, they, they rate her as, like, the second-best prosecutor. I mean, she's uh, top of the notch. So, and she's dealt with many cases, apparently, of women uh, in these situations. So we're really going to, you know, see a lot of uh, – if, if the accuser shows up, of course. But after hearing Rachel Mitchell is going to cross-examine her, I'd be a little terrified. Just Rachel Mitchell – um, does her job well. And I can tell you, she's caught people in lies many times. Um, but yeah, but Valerie, I know you have many thoughts about this, but I'm going to play a clip about Trump, uh, on Trump sure, and what Trump you. said about this. Yeah. So I think it's the process that has gotten so out of hand and I blame yeah. both parties for this. I mean, I think yeah. it's clear the Democrats are out for blood and it doesn't matter yep. who they stomp on and whose lives they yep. ruin. Um, but on the other hand, the Republicans, you know, pres- um, 
Senator Grassley has the the opportunity to make yeah. these decisions, and I think that he really right. allowed the accuser to take over with regard to the agenda. I mean, there's no reason that we had to wait until tomorrow, which is four days into this, when um, you know this has been going on for quite some time, and it's it's um, if when when Kavanaugh gets finally gets um, confirmed. He's not going to be able to begin on the first day of the session now because of this delay, delay, delay. And I think that was the whole entire point for the Democrats is to see if they can make sure that there's no there's no vote and that right. the the, um, the Supreme Court session starts before he's available. And even at the best for for the Democrats would be that you know the Republicans can't make it home in time to campaign. Um, those that are that are up for re-election because they have to stay and vote um, in, in Washington, and I think the Democrats have done a much better job with their goals than we as Republicans have done, and it's it's very upsetting to me because we have the ability to we're, we are we have the chairman and we have the the schedule in our power, and we're allowing them to manipulate it, and um, it makes me very upset. Um, yeah, excellent point, Valerie. I'm going to play Trump's thoughts on this, but I mean, this is just a, you know, the last second they come out with all these claims. It was a total setup. It was a total con, con job, just like Trump describes it. I mean, these Democrats are sick people. These are sick people. They're animals. They are fucking animals. I mean, it's, 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 they're out. The Democrats are out for blood, you know? Are you still there? You talking to me? Yeah, I yeah, play yeah. The clip. No, I am in a second. No, I was just, I was just oh, giving okay. my my thoughts and my my voice. But you know, it's it, it's scary out there. But um, I do want to say, and, I, and another guest that has been announced to come on tonight: a political strategist, entrepreneur, activist, and popular talk show host, Josh Bernstein. So we'll be looking forward to hearing from him later. He has a lot of updated. Uh, information regarding this, and uh, he hasn't been on the show for a while, so we look forward to hearing from him. But here is the clip of Trump earlier today in a press conference describing how, you know, himself included uh, and many other men have dealt with all these fake accusations and in, in all of this, you know, uh, crazy nonsense. Uh, one five. Mr. President, let me follow up on Jim's question that I don't think we got an answer to. Which one? Which um, question? How have your personal experiences being accused by more than a I've been accused. Women of I've been accused of false accusations. Right. Excuse how me. Have those I've been accused, and I was accused by I believe it was four women. You can check with uh, Sean Hannity. You can check with Fox because they covered it very strongly. Uh, who got paid? Excuse me. Excuse me. I was accused by four or five women who got paid a lot of money to make up stories about me. We caught them, and the mainstream media refused to put it on television. They refused to even write about it. There were four women, and maybe more. I think the number is four or five. But one had a mortgage paid off her house, $52,000. Another one had other things happen. And the one that reported it, I believe, was offered $750,000 to say bad things about me. And she's the one that reported it. This woman is incredible. She reported it instead of taking the money. So I've had numerous 
accusations about me. Right. They, I mean, they made false statements about me, knowing they were false. I never met them. I never met these people. And what did they do? What did they do? They took money in order to say bad things. I've had stories written in the New York Times front page about four women. The whole top center front page of the New York Times. I think it was four big pictures. I said, wow, that's a big thing. What's that? These were women that were quoted saying bad things about me. Not the worst things about me, but bad things. And I said, gee, that's too bad. I knew them a long time ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. I said, that's too bad. I'm surprised at them. And then all of a sudden, I see them on television. Nothing to do with me. The next day or day later, they were incensed. They said, Donald Trump is a nice guy. We never said this. The New York Times did false reporting. They're fake news. And you know what? The New York Times would not report that their story was fake. These women said great things. Not only did they not say the bad stuff, they said great things about me. Front page. And those women, they're incredible women. They went on television, and they didn't want to, and I didn't ask them. And they said, the New York Times made it up. They gave false quotes. And they went on a lot of shows. They were really incensed, and they couldn't believe it. That's why people know that a lot of the news is fake, and a lot of the people sitting here are fake. But 20% of them are wonderful, okay? If I could just actually ask ahead, my question, please. Mr. Trump. I, you didn't let me ask my question. Well, you, you've my been question. asking a question for 10 no, minutes. You please sit question. down. Please, go ahead. You, how go ahead. did those impact your opinions on the allegations against Well, it does Trump impact my opinion. You know why? Because I've had a lot of false charges made against me. I'm a very famous person, unfortunately. I've been a famous person for a long time. But I've had a lot of false charges made against me, really false charges. I know friends that have had false charges. People want fame. They want money. They want whatever. So when I see it, I, I view it differently than somebody sitting home watching television where they say, oh, Judge Kavanaugh, this or that. It's happened to me many times. I've had many false charges. I had a woman sitting in an airplane, and I attacked her while people were coming onto the plane, and I have a number one bestseller out. I mean, it was a total phony story. There are many of them. So when you say, does it affect me in terms of my thinking with respect to Judge Kavanaugh? Absolutely, because I've had it many times. And if the news would have reported these four people, I couldn't believe it. When I heard that they caught these four people, I said, wow, that's a big story. And it was for Fox. Very well said, Mr. Trump. Um, I do want to welcome to the show very special guest, scientist. Climate change I'm very well. professor, geography master, public speaker, best-selling author, Dr. Dr. Timothy Ball. How are you, sir? I'm very well, thank you, Rory. Thanks for the opportunity. Absolutely. It's, it's great to have you back on. Uh, we had you on a few weeks ago. Um, we have a lot to talk about, obviously. Uh, you know, you've been following the news very closely. You know, w the opening segment for me, uh, the, the show just started, but... You know, this whole Kavanaugh thing is driving me nuts. I mean, we have now we have a third accuser that just came out saying there were gang rapes and trains being pulled on these women. I mean, this is just absurdity. And even CNN is is saying some people on CNN are, CNN are saying these claims are ridiculous. And I was surprised when Jake Tapper 
came out and said this was ridiculous because that guy is as liberal as can be. But um, this is no, this this is just nuts. And you know the fact that they're smear smearing and uh, slandering such a good man, Brett Kavanaugh, when he's had the cleanest, uh, most professional, most exquisite record you could ever dream of in politics. I mean, there's not one scratch on this guy's record. I mean, it's perfection. I mean, they, 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 the Democrats planned this entire ordeal, this entire ritual of having these people come out, these women. We saw it with Roy Moore. We saw it with Donald Trump. We saw it with other candidates. It's part of their fucking playbook. I mean, they do it, and then they go in the back room, like Trump says, they go in the back room and laugh about it. But in, in, the, in the public eye, when they're on TV, oh, they're all serious. These women need to be taken seriously. And the hypocrisy and the double standard. You know, we have Bill Clinton, who's a, who's a fucking rapist. Look, just a face. Bill Clinton's a rapist. Um, you know, and we have all of these different people from the Democratic Party that, you know, don't even get mentioned or criticized, you know, when they are the sexual predators. I mean, you know, if, for example, they're not even taking down Bill Cosby's uh, Hollywood star, and this guy's going to prison for rape. I mean, th- th- this is how de- demented our country is. They're so focused and their energy on, on President Trump and Brett Kavanaugh, who are two innocent people, and they're not focused on their own party, who are the Democrats are the racists, the Democrats are the sexual predators, the Democrats are the, the, the you know, the Klan members, they are the plantation starters. I mean, what they're doing today, government control, it's no different than what they're doing in the slavery days with the blacks the, and with the minorities. It's all about control. Sorry, I went on a big rant. Jesus. No, no, that's that. Hey, you're you're quite welcome to. You know, Michael Crichton, who wrote uh, Jurassic Park and was a medical doctor and had a postdoctorate at Oxford, and um, he yes. was asked to speak. He was asked to speak in San Francisco in 2003, and he said, "I've been asked to talk about what I consider the most important challenge facing mankind, and I have a fundamental answer. The greatest challenge is the challenge of distinguishing reality from fantasy, truth from propaganda." Perceiving the truth has always been a challenge, but in the information age, or as I think of it, the disinformation age, it takes on a special urgency and importance. So that's exactly what's going on. And, of course, there's an old saying, and so so many of these uh, stand the test of time, but one was, give a dog a bad name. Well, of course, that's what they're doing now. As long as you uh, get a headline... It doesn't matter what the truth is. The headline is what You're will right. stick, right? And yeah. if it if it gets repeated often enough, it becomes the truth. And yeah, and then of course many, you have too many people yep. when they when people read something, they they start believing it. A lot of people do, and that's all it takes is one headline, and then it becomes a big trend. You're absolutely right. And and that's that's uh, of course I've gone through all of this, but I think that there's a there's a, a, a there's several things about this. One one is of course the the smearing and the deliberate destruction of people uh, that you've gone beyond. Um, you know, it, I was at a meeting once where people were starting to shout at each other, and the and the chairperson said, "Look, we're here to disagree, not be disagreeable." Well, we've gone long beyond that. We've gone into uh, the uh, phase of of, of, of just being, uh, well, inhuman. 
that's all you can say about it. It's inhuman to 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 uh, uh, destroy people like this uh, with words and with claims. And um, I'm. I, but what bothers me more than all of this is that this is get, what gets pushed aside is the fact that they're using the law or misusing the law in order to uh, attack people. And and what and America, of course, beyond the freedom of speech thing, is, is uh, built upon the law. And once you start undermining the tradition of the law, you're, you're finished as a nation. So when you can make charges and, not, uh, and have them stick without uh, defense or justification, and, and this is what I've gone through. And it isn't just it isn't just uh, accusing somebody; it's accusing them and bringing them into a situation where they can't afford to defend themselves. Even that is is what's going on. I mean, when when I look at what it's cost me to to defend myself, I mean, I, my bills up upwards of six hundred thousand dollars already. Well, uh, how on earth could I possibly defend myself um, uh, with with these kinds of charges? And and so the, the uh, the, the people should be, uh, and the politicians, should be increasingly scared about this misuse of the law. The law was designed to protect people, to, defect, to protect free speech, and to protect uh, people's uh, uh, good name. But it's being increasingly used to bully, to uh, silence them, and to uh, d- divert from justice. And that is the underlying theme beyond all of the accusations. Very well said. I um, I have a lot to say, but I want to let, let Valerie respond. Um, go ahead, Valerie. No, I agree with what you're saying, and you know, and, and Valerie, you, Valerie. I mean, you yeah, used to ahead, work Valerie. for Ronald. Re- you used to work for Ronald Reagan. I mean, you used to be around the White House, and you still are in D.C. all the time, and you know about the corruption. Right. I was down there today, and I will tell you that nothing like ever happened with with Reagan and I think it was not only the leadership um because he was such a conservative man and he was also religious um nothing like this that in my knowledge even came close but it, not only that with the leadership but the society around I mean Washington today is a completely different place than it was 20 30 years ago and and yeah. it's a sad thing to say because you know this kind of stuff is just not it was not going to happen and we've gotten into the mud here, and, and and I think it's, you know, politics and media and greed, all of these things are contributing to where we are today. And I think it's just it's despicable because we've really ruined a good man's life. And whether he gets confirmed or doesn't get confirmed, you know, his name yeah. is is who he is, and that cannot really ever be who what who he was before all of this drama happened to him well and somebody yeah. said how do i get my good name back and that that's the you problem and, and and yeah. that's right and and let's say that he doesn't get a, uh, appointed to the supreme court he can't go back to the court that he was on now that's already all destroyed for him as well so uh, th- this is the difficulty with it. But I want to, to put this into a much larger context, because, um, first of all, I've been attacked by the left and by the right, uh, and I always uh, have argued that that suggests that I'm in the right place, you know. But, uh, but, I, but what I will tell you is that the attacks from the people on the left 
are much, much nastier, much more personal, um, and, and even to the point of death threats. Whereas the no people from the right it. will attack you, and they they can get quite harsh with it, but somehow there's there's not that nastiness and edge to it that you get from the left. Now I I've attributed this to I, uh, one of the things that's that's going on in this wider issue here, and and that is that the left have no religion, they have no morality, no ethics, nope. they they have. Uh, uh, there is no basis, uh, moral justice or basis to their lives, and therefore they will lie with impunity. Uh, there's right. no, there's no uh, guilt associated with lying, whereas the right generally come from a Judeo-Christian basis, and even if they don't, right. are not practicing, there's still that right. remnant of it there that, that, that you get. And, and the, yeah. one, of the, the, one of the things that um, – and I'll start with this point here. Um, I used to teach a course for science, an arts, uh, a science credit for art students. I taught it for 25 years. I'd have three or 400 students in every year. Every single year, one of them would get up and ask uh, towards the end of the course, do you believe in God? And, uh, of course, there the, the – the frame of mind of the student was, well, if you're a scientist, you can't possibly believe in God. And this is part of the difficulty of the um, dominance of science and secularization in our society, that if you're, if you're a scientist, you can't believe in God. And, and of course, um, I, I pointed out to them, and I tell them the story about Michael Faraday, now, how many people have heard of Michael Faraday or, or, or know what he did? And the answer is he's one of the greatest scientists ever. Without him, we wouldn't have electricity. We wouldn't have di dynamos, generators, electric motors, or anything else. And uh, why is he so little known? And the answer is because... He didn't go to university, and therefore, oh, well, you haven't got that piece of paper, therefore you've got no credibility, and you see that uh, elitism of the academics in today's world, that we know what's right, we're the only truth. And then the other biggest problem that he had was that he was a very deep belief, it had a very deep belief, and attended a fundamentalist church. Well, of course, uh, in, in the science community, that means that you're, you're a nobody. The only thing that saved him was that a fellow by the name of Humphrey Davy, who was an inventor and invented the uh, coal lamp that was allowed for safe operation in a coal mine and made a lot of money, he was able to support his career. And without that, we wouldn't have had Michael Faraday and electricity and all the rest of it. But, but there is an example of these elitisms that are held against people and against, uh, against society. And, and, and right. so that's where, where the problems uh, uh, originate. Now, um, yeah. let me elaborate on this a bit. Because yeah. uh, Darwin was chosen by the science community to defeat religion. Darwin himself was a, an atheist. He became an atheist for the same reason that so many men become atheists. He had an eight-year-old daughter that died, and he just worshipped that daughter. And he started to ask the question that so many people do, how can a god be so cruel? What is, what is good about a god that could be so cruel? And so he chose that, or decided that there, there could not be a, do, a, a god like that. He, could, he said, I can understand a god testing humans, 
and being cruel to humans to put us through the test. But what did a child ever do? And and so he became an atheist, and he didn't oppose uh, the science community when they used him and his ideas to defeat religion. And and that's exactly what, what they did. And, of course, in the university, uh, you see what happened in the universities after Darwin. When Darwin went to universities, there were two big faculties. There was the, the uh, uh, humanities, which was philosophy, religious studies, uh, languages, literature, and all of that stuff. And then there were the natural sciences. After Darwin, because he got rid of God, and because by getting rid of God, you get rid of the explanation for, for why humans are here and why we are so different from all the other uh, plants and animals on, on the planet, then the academics had to create um, an explanation for that, uh, that question that they could no longer answer by God. So they created the social sciences. It's an absolute contradiction in terms. Social is, is abstract. You can't measure it. So the term social sciences means nothing. Now, in today's world and in today's universities, the social science faculty is the biggest one on campus. And, and of right. course, that has all been developed in order to try and, and explain away why humans are so different than all the other animals, and especially all the other apes, because uh, uh, Darwin uh, got rid of God. And that's where we're at today. Yeah. Sorry, I, you want, somebody wants to break. Yeah. You bring up a great point because, you know, when you bring up the religion part of the left and, and how they, you know, they their morals are lacking and they don't have any morals, quite frankly. I mean, these are people that act like they have morals. They act like they're, you know, doing what's right. But they're totally, their narrative and, and the, what they believe in is complete Marxism. I mean, it's complete communism, socialism, whatever you want to call it. And then you, what really bothers me is the hypocrites and the people that contradict what they say they believe in on the left that, uh, you know, claim to be religious and belong to a religion. And, you know, especially with, you know, some of these religions, like, you know, abortion is really frowned upon. I mean, I'm pro-life. Many, many, you know, most conservatives are majority of conservatives, but but you have if they say they believe in this religion, and you know they say believe they have these morals and they believe in these and what it stands for, then why are they voting for what it doesn't stand for? I mean, they're totally contradicting themselves and they're total hypocrites, and well, I mean yeah. it's, it's sick. And they yeah. lost well, the think, last. Think that, about so, and yeah. here's, here's the sad part. Is yep, that the, the Democrats are the Democrats are a bunch of sheep. They listen to CNN and they listen to all of these networks that do nothing but make you dumber. I mean, they totally fill your brain with garbage. I mean, it, it's it's one of those things where we are living in a time where these people are watching these networks and they're learning and, and taking stuff what they get off these shows. And they're practicing it in their political life, and it's complete communism, especially with CNN and MSNBC. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no yeah, well, morals. Absolutely, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm really glad you brought that up. 
Well, and, and it's important, because don't forget that Marx said that the religion is the opiate of the masses. Well, if you get rid yeah. of religion, what, become, what becomes your opiate? And, and, of course, the answer is what I watched in the universities with, my, with the young students was that they, right. they, they had no religion. I remember, uh, and I'll tell you a story uh, in that article. Uh, before you go on with that, what bothers me, yep. and I wanted to bring this up as well, is when we start talking about God and religion in today's society, everybody starts getting offended. But when you talk yep. about a Muslim, you know, you talk about Muslim religion, everybody seems to be fine with it. That's what the politically correct bullshit Obama created. I mean, totally anti-Christian, anti-Jerusalem, anti-Semitism, you anti-Israel, know, anti anti-every religion, but coddle the Muslims. You know, uh, which is basically the most uh, horrific religion, uh, if you believe, like Islam. I'm not, there's a lot of good Muslims, but I'm saying the radical Islam of what Obama, you know, enabled is sick. And the, the hate for religion these days and how people are offended when we start praying to Christ. And I mean, give me a fucking break. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, okay, but but you see, what what I watched with my students was that they they were lost, they were morally lost, they were looking around for some some moral direction, and one day in in the class for for um, uh, art students, the science credit for art students, um, one of the students. Um, I, and I deliberately would poke their minds to get them to react to me. And one of them, uh, I said something, and I knew it was on the edge outrageous, and one of the students shouted out, I don't believe you. Well, of course, the class goes absolutely silent, and they're all scared. Oh, this, this guy's going to fail and get thrown out of class. And I let the class calm down, and I said, turned to him, and I said, well, what don't you believe, Thomas? And, of course, the class... Yeah are laughing, and the guy says, well, my name is Thomas. I said, I know that, but how many in the class know what I'm referring to? And, of course, the answer was, out of 300 students, there were seven that knew yeah. what I was referring to about doubting Thomas and the story in the Bible. And, of course, this, then I started asking them, how many of them ever went to, to church other than for, say, a funeral or a wedding? And none of them. Right. Absolutely none of right. them. And you, and, just to finish the point, yeah. to finish the point, Rory. What they've done is they've replaced that uh, the Christian or whatever religion they had with environmentalism. Environmentalism has become the new religion, and it's the perfect one because mm -hmm. oh, it's Mother Nature, it's the goddess Gaia, it's got a female god. It's the perfect religion for them, and that's what they worship. And that, that's what, why we see that environmentalism has become the new religion that dictates and dominates the moral high ground uh, for people that are looking for evidence and facts. Right, and, and here's, here's, here's the thing that I really is, is, is freaky and scary. You have these college campuses that are basically getting taught by their professors uh, atheism. I mean, they're there. Once you bring up the Bible or you bring up any sort of religion, you know, they get offended, unless it's Muslims, of course, because they don't want to offend the Muslims, of course. You know, they don't want, they want to be politically correct. But it's just sick. It's sick. It's really sick because we have now the, stu the liberal students at Yale protesting Kavanaugh, and as everybody knows, that's his alum. That's where he went to college, and, you know, he got uh, – I believe his um, he got his degree there as well, yeah. And you know this is 
it's sick what's going on. Okay, Lori, just let me butt in there for a minute. I wa- I saw that the 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 fact that the professors had to give the students the day off so they could protest. I would fail every single one of those students because if they're protesting what's happening with Kavanaugh, they're lack protesting. Of well, it's not just a lack of discipline. The whole attack on Kavanaugh is completely against the most primary thing in the law, and that is the yeah. the, the the right to uh, defend yourself and and to face your accuser. And to, uh, Kavanaugh's being denied that completely. So, if you're a law student and you're protesting uh, against Kavanaugh and and therefore supporting what's being done to him, you 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 automatically fail law. Period. End of story. And, and and so how can you go back into a law class after you've done that protest when you when you when you're demonstrating that you don't you won't even accept the most important yeah. part of law as it as it's uh, uh, practiced and explained in the United States it's it's like failing uh, you know law 101 and and yet yeah. and yet and this is what's being allowed to happen and we see with these colleges it, it becomes, with, especially with these law professors at a lot of these liberal universities, they be, it becomes a partisan issue for them. I mean, they're teaching their students, like, all left-wing, you know, terrible communism agenda, and they're not even practicing the rule of law anymore and teaching their students the accurate um, curriculum. It's scary stuff. What, what's, there, what's going on in these campuses? And they're not doing anything about it. And, you know, quite frankly, I think a lot of politicians are orchestrating this stuff, and a lot of activists are, you know, paying these schools, and these schools are behind it, and it's sick. Okay, Rory, look, let's just get into that, because as you know, I've, I've been involved in education all of my uh, career, other than the, the, well, even when I was in the military, where I, I gave lectures on weather and climate and so on, uh, but yeah. um, the... Uh, one of the things that I saw during my 25 years in the university was a complete turnaround from the pattern. When I started in university, the, prof- the old professors taught the prevailing wisdom, what the society believed, and the new young professors came in and challenged that. So thoughts and ideas progressed. Now, what's happening is that the new young professors come in, and they're completely indoctrinated in their high school into the way of, into the way of thinking. And it's the old professors like me. You look at all the people that are climate skeptics. They're all in their 80s and 90s. And these are the people that are saying, hold on a minute, this is not the way knowledge and, and, and understanding is supposed to advance. So they've turned the whole education system upside down. Now, I was involved in Cape in K to 12 and I was involved uh, with the whole school system and and I watched and part of the problem is that the school be- became a babysitting agency uh, we 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 uh, diminished the role of being a mother and and said no that's not a job anymore that's not the most important job in society and then we said oh well both parents have to go out and work and they left this, the uh, raising of the children uh, to the school system and I can tell you from all the research I did and and the studies I did very few people have have even a clue of what their kids are being taught in school they don't know. Jeez. 
and and therefore uh, how ca- how can you know um as i said and and the school has become a babysitting agency and the school system has become a socially acceptable form of unemployment right through the university and of course that is means that it's wide open to all of these left wing people that want to use it to indoctrinate the young people now uh, it was Ignatius Loyola who founded the Jesuits who started this idea. He said, "Give me the child and I'll give you the adult." But that got so perverted that by the time Hitler came around, his propaganda chief Goebbels set up the Hitler Youth and said, "Look, we'll we'll uh, control the child from the birth to the age of seven, and we will create them as Hitler Youth." And and uh, I'm going to tell you a story about this and that uh, actually happened with me. When I was living in England as a young man uh, before the war, and I was young enough to remember the the war starting, and uh, after about 1942, uh, there were prisoners of German prisoners of war, war, of course, and uh, they they were in a a local camp in England, and the ones that were trusted uh, because uh, they didn't have enough uh, people to do all the work in England, the, the men were all off fighting, and the women were, were doing a lot of it, but there were still things to do. You could you could uh, allow a, um, a German prisoner of war to come and work on your land. My father had about a half acre of land, and during the war, every single piece of land had to produce something. My father, of course, with his job, didn't have the time to do that, so we applied and, and got one of these German prisoners of war. And he was—he had been a, a jeweler in Berlin before the war. And at the age of 42, um, he knew that, that he hated Hitler, but he knew that if he didn't go and, and join up, they'd come and get him and, and probably march him off to the concentration camp. So he went and volunteered. And then the first opportunity he got, he surrendered and said, look, I'll take my chances, hope that England wins the war. Uh, and, and and do it that way. Well, Wilhelm used to come and, and every day. They brought him in a, in a truck, delivered him, and, he, and my father told him every morning what to do. And every morning, my father was taking me to school, and, and I stood by while my while my father told Wilhelm what chores he had to do that day. Well, in nineteen forty, late nineteen forty three, uh, we got a second prisoner of war working for us. He was sixteen at the time. And he had been a prisoner of war for three years. In other words, he was in the German army at the age of 13. He was a Hitler youth. And he was totally indoctrinated into Hitler and Hitler's belief. Wilhelm, the German, the other German, took it upon himself to knock the Hitler youth out of, of this uh, young man. And the morning yeah. I remember so vividly was that, that we were going, I was going to school with my dad. My, my dad stopped, and he said, okay, Wilhelm, this is what I want you to do. And, and Wilhelm said, uh, yeah, yes, uh, that, that'll be done. And then he, my father turned to the other young lad and said, this is what I want you to do. And the guy spat at my father's feet. And, my, and, and Wilhelm never said a word. He just turned around and punched the guy out flat right there. And... Um, the, the follow-up uh, for the story was that he spent the rest of the war trying to knock the Hitler Youth out of the guy. My parents, after the war, went back to Germany to or went went to Germany to visit Wilhelm. He had got his jewelry shop back and was doing very well. 
And my father said, well, what happened to this other young lad? And Wilhelm said he committed suicide. And they, they, they talked about it. And Wilhelm said, it was my fault. And my father said, well, why was it your fault? He said, because he had a belief system, evil as it was, he had a belief system in Hitler. And I knocked it out of him. But the mistake I made was I didn't replace it with anything. So he went back to Germany with no belief system in anything in a Germany that was feeling the guilt about Hitler and what was going on. And he couldn't handle it, and he, he, and he hung himself. So that's my little story about how important belief systems are and how indoctrination is in our society. And, of course, the, the left have taken over the schools through the unions. Obama's uh, common cause was a pure socialist system of control of the school systems, and the unions, of course, are running it. And as I said, unless you start dealing with that at that very basic level, the, the, what's going on in the universities is simply going to continue. Oh, absolutely, 100% right. without, without a doubt. I mean, it, it, it's one of those things where, and it's scary. And you know what I want to do? I want to introduce our um, stay on the line. Um, I want to introduce our next guest, um, YouTube star, spokesperson for men's rights, and contributor to a voice for men dot com. Karen, uh, how do I pronounce your name? I keep I keep forgetting. I'm sorry. You keep forgetting. I keep telling you, it's strong. It's so easy. Okay, Strawn. Okay, Karen Strawn. Great to have you on. Great to have you back. Um, I mean, Jesus Christ. I, I want to, you know, I want to kind of shift gears, but I want to get back to um, you, Dr. Bell, Ball, in a second. Um, you know, we have a lot to get into, but Karen, what is going on with the Me Too stuff? I mean, come on. And what What is oh, going on? Oh, the Me Too. Here? The Me the Me Too thing, you know, I would I would suggest that there are some uh, accusations uh, being brought to light through Me Too that yeah. have veracity and uh, and a whole lot that are a result of bandwagoning or uh, wanting attention or uh, for cynical purposes, uh, either uh, out of um, sort of a, a desire to destroy somebody that you have a bone to pick with or. Um, out of a desire for political gain. So, you know, like the the Kavanaugh accusations, every single thing, not just about the accusations themselves, but about how they've been handled, just stinks to high heaven um, mm -hmm. of essentially a, a massive partisan politics play, uh, a delaying tactic to try and delay the confirmation until the Democrats figure they're going to have the majority and be able to uh, to put the kibosh on the confirmation altogether. So essentially, uh, you know, Dianne Feinstein was sitting on this letter for six weeks, waited until yep. the hearings were concluded, waited until all the private sessions were done. Um, so there, yep. were, there were opportunities for her to have asked him about it in private, um, not in front of, uh, of cameras, and uh, she didn't, and then everything was done, and it was all, you know, everything was just, it was, we got the go-ahead, right? We're going to go to a vote, and then she's like, oh, wait, here, I just pulled this thing out of my ass, and I need you to look at it, and everything has to stop 
until after this is properly dealt with by a full FBI investigation, which is absolutely yeah. ridiculous. And, and uh, Glassy Ford has essentially uh, said uh, she'll only testify if she gets to go, if, if Kavanaugh goes first. Right, so it's so, which means that there's going to be no cross examination of of the accuser, right. um, and uh, and then on top of that, I mean, like I'm just reading about this third accuser and uh, the fact that there was a restraining order taken out on her by her ex boyfriend after she threatened to harm him, his his new wife, and his baby. Um, Whoa, you know, like yeah, yeah. So and. Lawyer um, Av- Avenatti is his name. Uh, Stormy oh, Daniels the is lawyer. Porn lawyer. Yeah, we call, they call him the creepy yeah, like, porn creep- lawyer. The creepy porn lawyer um, who incidentally is representing this woman Sweatnik or whatever her name is. He also um, has a forty thousand. He also has a forty thousand dollar lien on his house. Oh well, isn't that interesting? But um, he, he's <laughs> like, oh, I didn't. I never heard of this restraining order. Why are you attacking sexual assault victims, right? And and uh, then he says, yeah. uh, he says, oh, it's rude to dig into someone's past. And I'm like, Kavanaugh has spent, what, this is the third time. This is the third time he has had public officials digging into his past. Yeah. Um, you, you know, and, but, and, and now we have this woman who is essentially saying, oh, he wagged his dick in my face, right? <laughs> and then, ew, and then, ew, like, coming out with the my, my, arm, my arm brushed against it. My arm brushed against it while I was, he was pushing it away. I hardly remember e- anything, and nobody right. else remembers anything like that who was there. Right. Um, but, right. you know, and, uh, and it's not okay to dig into her past to see if she's credible as a witness against this guy, right? What a fucking right. crock of shit. And anybody who says, and, you know, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call your other guest on um, him saying, you know, like, due process and presumption of innocence and, you know, the right to face your accuser and all of those things. Those yes. are things that are afforded in a court of, in a court of law, right? Absolutely. And this is not a court of law. It's a job yeah. interview, but what it right. also means is that is that rape shield protections for accusers do not apply here. We get to know their names. We get to see them testify. And we get to ask them uncomfortable, uncomfortable questions about their past. And we get to test their credibility in ways we would not be able to do in a criminal court. And that's just the way it is. So you either have it – you have it – one set of rules for both or one set of rules for both, right? You pick which set of rules. Do you want the rules in criminal court where where we're not allowed to dig into her past, where we're not allowed to ask difficult questions of her, where we're not allowed to attack her credibility, right? Because that would happen – that would be something that she would get in a criminal court if she had actually made a complaint when it was capable of being pursued by a criminal court. But no, no, she waited and waited, if the incident even happened at all, until, yeah. you know, she could, she could use it to uh, fulfill some political agenda on the part of the Democrats. And this third, this other second accuser, Ramirez, six times her lawyer's been contacted asking uh, if she'll come and testify, and he keeps giving them the freaking shake-off. 
he keeps giving them the brush off. He's like, oh, yeah, no, I, yeah, maybe, but, you know, oh, I'll have to get back to you. Click. Right? Yeah. And, she, and her allegations, her allegations are fucking insane. The gang she, rape she and the claimed, Yeah. Yeah, no, she claimed, okay, and this is this is just bizarre, right? She claimed she was yeah. gang raped at, at, a, par- at a party, <laughs> right? Not, not by Kavanaugh, but he was there, but by other people who were there. And then she also witnessed Kavanaugh standing in line at a bedroom door <laughs> waiting for his turn to gang rape other women on multiple occasions. And I'm, I'm asking myself, okay, if this happened, lady, why did you keep going to these parties? And why didn't you go to the police? And, and. I, I don't check even. This even check even, this out. New, new evidence out today. This woman at the time, they checked her birth date. And they checked when she graduated. She was in college. The Julie Swetnick, the third witness that said gang rape and train, she was in college at the time, according to when she graduated. And she was going to these high school parties. And they're talking about Kavanaugh being 14. So this woman would be uh, essentially guilty of uh, statutory rape. Statutory rape? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, there, there's a lot of things there that – are you know kind of contradict it's a, it's, and kind of it's a little hinky twisted. it's a little hinky and you know honestly even if you don't go to the police even if you don't fucking go to the police okay you would at least think that after getting gang raped you would stop <laughs> accepting invitations to these parties unless of course right? they that, love that would be it, the, you know? it wouldn't it wouldn't require yeah. any action on your part, right? right? You don't have to schlep yourself right. down to the police station. You don't have to spend four hours filling out a report. You don't have to do a rape kit. You don't have to put in any effort whatsoever other than to just not pick up your phone. Yeah, it's very simple. It's very, very simple. Real quick, Mike, leaders of Black for Trump, Michael, uh, what are your thoughts on this, buddy? I know you've been talking about Kavanaugh. You made a video today. What are your thoughts? Well, my thoughts are very simple. Uh, Malachi 4.1 in the Bible. Oh, and Mike, Mike, try to, Mike, try to stay away from this. I mean, you use some biblical terms, but uh, you just, you know, uh, if, if it makes sense. Okay, you're not going to make sense unless you unless you go with the Bible, that's your problem. We've been taught, like the man said in right. the beginning, we've been taught to go away from the Bible and the Constitution, and the Constitution and the Bible are virtually the same thing because the man who wrote the Constitution, James Madison, really just transposed the 613 laws on a piece of paper and called it the Constitution. So what I'm saying is the Bible says that we don't return to the laws of God then we will be cursed. If the curse is, they can accuse you, and you have to explain yourself. When the Bible says, well, first let's go with the Constitution. Article 3, Section 3, Number 1 says you must have two or three witnesses to find anybody guilty of any transgression in America or their confession. That's the Constitution. Where did they get that from? Deuteronomy 19.15, which says you must have two witnesses to find anybody guilty of any sin, even if they did the sin, and they must be questioned by the priest right away, separately, and if their stories don't match, 
then what was going to happen to the person that you accused now happens to them. And Genesis 17, 1 says, the law is your protection. That is what protects you from false accusations, not whether some woman can go to acting school and learn how to sound credible and cry better than you. You understand? You don't stand a chance when you're in outside of the Bible and outside of the Constitution. Exodus 22, 10 says, if, if a story sounds true and all of the all of, everything points to this person breaking the law, but there are no two witnesses. It cannot be considered. So that's what God said. That's what the Constitution said. And the Federalist Paper said in Chapter 43, 6 through 8, it specifically said the reason why the founding father says you must have two witnesses is because people who don't like you might make up false evidence. So what they were doing, the Puritans, the Puritans, I mean, back in the day when they wrote the Constitution, they were making sure that everybody was protected from false witnesses. So now we've moved away from the Bible. We've let them people teach our children to say to us, oh, don't talk about the Bible. Don't bring God in this. Now that we're now outside of God, now you're cursed. Because anybody can bring up anything against our people, like Kavanaugh, and we cannot defend ourselves because we're outside of the Bible. There's no way you can find out whether this lady is lying or not because right. we're outside of the Bible. And the Bible also says that you must bring this problem up at the time that it happened. You can't come up 36 years later and right. come up with this crap that that's what right. happened. That is right. outrageous. You got to have sense. You can't. You got to realize that when when Alexander the Great gave um, the, 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 the Israel to the, the, to the Middle Easterners, or should I say the East Indians, because of Roxanne, the woman he loved, he also gave her the right to teach their people. That's how, why Greece taught, I mean, India taught Greece, and they created a college in Athens called the School of East Indian Teachers, where they taught us democracy, they taught us constitutionalism. They taught us etiquette. They taught us everything. And everybody was going to that school. And then they created a college in Europe, in Britain, yep. called um, Cambridge, wherein it was called the School of East Indian Teachers. This is where the Ivy League comes from, the East Indians. And then you got another school over here in America called Cambridge, which was created because Pocahontas came over. And talk to the yeah. people and say, we're East Indians too, and we can teach your people. And so now they control the curriculum of our people right. from Harvard University, which is called the School of Charity East Indian Teaching, and they control, <laughs> control the curriculum of our people, and they have taught us the greatest thing in the world, get away from God. So now once you're away from God, Genesis 17, 1 says, the law of the Lord is your protection. Now we have no protection because you are leaning to your own understanding. And Proverbs 14, 12 says, there's a way that seemeth right to a man, but the end thereof is death. Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean out to your own understanding. Proverbs 6, 25, my last scripture says, the law of the Lord is the Lord. So while you're away from the law, you're away from the Lord. You're trusting in your own thinking, and so now you're destroyed. So the only way to get away from this crap 
is to return to the ways of the Lord and the laws of the Lord, which is the Constitution, and every country on earth uses that Constitution to give themselves civilization, meaning to be civilized. We, we, what's yes. going on with Kavanaugh is absolutely uncivilized. We are out right. of our minds because we're trying to figure out how to make what is evil right. It is evil for right. one witness to rise up against anybody because we have no way to measure it. Because if you had two people or three people and you was questioning them separately and, and they lie and they get in trouble for lying, guess what? Nobody would take a chance on the lie. And you have no story would be right because you know that what's going to happen to you happened to them will happen to you. So what I'm saying is we have Michael, to return the Constitution. So go ahead. All right, hold I'm on. Finished. Stay on the line. Stay on the line. Um, Valerie, your thoughts. I want, I want to get your thoughts. And then, Karen, I'm going to get right back to you. I got, I got some stuff to ask you. Thanks, Rory. Um the thing that bothered me the most about this whole circus is that the Republicans are allowing it. And, yeah, you know, yeah. this could have been stopped right away by saying, you know, the first accuser had no real evidence. She just remembered something, but she didn't know the time, the day, <laughs> the place, the right people. She had True. no facts to back up anything. And all of a sudden yeah. it took a life of its own. And I think if, if we could have nipped it in the bud at the very beginning and said, you know, this may or may not have happened, but given the fact that you have no evidence whatsoever right. and no facts be, to be brought before the committee, we are right. sorry, but we can't even entertain this issue, period, end of discussion. And these two other period. people, whether they are telling the truth or not, they never would have even come about, and I think the the point of having three at this point is, you know, they're trying to create a ben, a, a doubt, and and you know the numbers make it seem like it's more likely to have happened whether there are any facts to any of these three ladies or not, and I think the fact that it's it's really just destroying um, the credibility of a of of a good man who may or may not have done any of this is just it's it's terrible and i think as republicans we we should have done a better job of protecting our candidates absolutely 100% and i agree with you and, and karen you know going back to you know the whole me too i mean it's created this cesspool epidemic i mean it, and it all ties into the whole Brett Kavanaugh thing i mean and we have all these well, women that feel empowered and, it's, and I, I've described it many times as like a trend. I mean, these women want to slander. They want to ruin any, anything or any chance they have. It makes them feel like they're superior. Like they're, their whole movement is so anti-male. And, you know, they want something that, you know, isn't normal. I mean, it's, just, it's absolutely ludicrous. And, you know, it's basically you can treat the guy however you want, and he has to respect you regardless. I mean, it's sick. Um, yeah, well, okay. Yeah, I, I would say, you know, honestly, it, it, it's a moral panic at this point. And it's it's been a building moral panic, uh, you know, starting with the discussions of rape culture on campus and things like that, you know, as far back as 2014, 2013. 
um, that, you know, rape is an epidemic on, on college campuses. You know, I, I don't understand how uh, such a hotbed of liberal politics as college campuses where some 80% of the faculty are uh, define themselves as liberal or Democrat and, uh, and at least 20% describe themselves as full-on Marxist, right, could be such a hotbed of rape but, um, and misogyny. But apparently that's, that's how things go, um, you know, but essentially uh, what, what we have going here is something similar to, you know, the satanic panic of the 80s. I don't know if you, uh, you followed any of that, if you're old enough to have remembered that. Um, but, I mean, there were accusations being fielded and leading to prosecutions that involved things like, um, okay, so a four-year-old boy said that he was tied to a tree in the front yard of his daycare center in broad daylight while people were passing by and was anally raped with a kitchen knife. Um, you know, and there, there's no evidence of any kind of physical injury. There's no witnesses who who called police or, you know, even expressed dismay passing by this grisly scene. Right. Okay. But this led to a prosecution um, because the the entire the entire country was seized by a moral panic. It was a panic about uh, (coughs) ritualized sexual abuse of children in daycare centers across the United States in the 1980s, going into the 90s. It even spread up into Canada a little bit. Uh, There were tales of uh, the human sacrifice of of babies, uh, even though there were no babies reported missing. Um, there were, and then the, oh yes, there were, it was all this sort of um, mythology built up around it that uh, these babies' bodies were being melted down to make uh, ritual, uh, ritual candles out of their, their fat and, uh, and all kinds of messed up things. And I was a teenager while this was going on and I'm watching the news going, what the fuck is all this right and but the the thing that got me most back then and now looking back on it is that anybody who actually expressed even the remotest bit of skepticism in light of accusations that involved my daycare provider was flying around the room on a broomstick okay was essentially outed they were they were excommunicated from polite society they were seen as as absolutely horrible evil people for doubting these claims and the mantra was children don't lie that was the mantra of the entire public discourse around this at the time was children don't lie right and what do we have now we have i believe survivors i believe women always believe the woman women don't lie yeah. about rape all of this stuff right and and it's complete bullshit but if you if you express skepticism you're in for a hell of a time and uh, and what what essentially it's almost a blessing that this thing with Kavanaugh anyway um is so is so obviously about partisan politics at its heart, right? You know, like we have Keith Ellison, we have Bill Clinton, we have Ted Kennedy, we have accusations against prominent Democrats uh, in in regard to their treatment of women. Al Franken, 
you know, all, all kinds of uh, people yeah. who have been, there's just a guy from Mike.com, I believe, um, reporter there uh, for the last four years who's been fired for over allegations of sexual misconduct. And, 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 I, and I've you know, been calling, you know, and, and I'm glad you brought that up. You bring up a really good point because I talked about earlier in the program how the double standard with the left. I mean, if you look at all the demons and the devils on the left that have committed, that are sexual yes. predators and oh, committed sexual assault, they don't even talk absolutely. about it. The Democrats, they keep it silent. They, they don't even talk about it. But, oh, my God, if it's a Republican, all fucking hell breaks loose. The double standard. Absolutely. And, tired of well, it. and I think, well, I think, I think people are able to see through it, right? People yeah. are able to see through it, and they, they're able to sort of see that, I mean, I know a lot of liberals and a lot of people who tend to vote Democrat who are who are like, yeah, no, this is this is bullshit. Um, this stuff against Kavanaugh—it's obviously a partisan thing. It's obviously being used, uh, even even if it even if. And I would only I would hazard to to say I would only give any kind of benefit of the doubt to the first accuser. That 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 is the only woman that I would actually give any kind of benefit of the doubt to, and would want to actually sit down, hear her side of things, and give right. it a fair hearing. Because the other two are just bullshit. The other two are just there, um, you know, because they were willing to step up against somebody who's already under attack and make up some shit um, that that is completely uncorroborated. Um, the the woman who said he wagged his dick in her face, you know, there were something like six, uh, a whole bunch of people, including six women, who said, you know, if something like we traveled in all the same circles, if something like that had happened, we'd have heard about it. Oh yeah, absolutely, and and, and it's one of those things where you know, it, look at look at Keith Ellison. Like right now, I mean, there is sufficient evidence that he beat his ex girlfriend. There's pictures, there's everything, and they're not even talking about it. They're staying silent no. about it, the left. But a Minnesota paper announced that they're joining legal efforts to try to unseal Keith Ellison's divorce documents because apparently there's some dirty uh, domestic violence kind of stuff in, involved in there, and it would really screw his reputation. Well, you, you know, like I – you know, honestly, somebody who has – a habit of beating their wife or their husband for that matter. Um, you know, I have no problem with saying that they probably should not be the people to whom we should submit, uh, you know, under their governance. Yeah. You know, like I'm, I'm perfectly happy to say that those, those people should not necessarily be in positions of power. Um, but certainly there's more evidence against Keith Ellison than there is against Brett Kavanaugh. Um, you know, like, None. There has been no one who has corroborated any of these uh, accusers' accounts. All of the witnesses, including ones that were suggested by the accusers, oh, go ask this person, go ask that person. They'll they'll corroborate my story. Yeah, no, they didn't. They didn't. Yeah, yeah, no, no absolutely. Um, Karen, I want you to stay. No, on the and line. and I do, and I do. No, no, no. Wait, wait. One more second. Yeah. I do want to make mention to your pre, your your other guest here, um, who uh, who is very enamored of the Bible and uh, right. I suppose <laughs> rightly so. Um, I I am an atheist uh, myself, but I see wisdom in 
certain things within the Bible, and one of them, you know, is there's a reason why thou shalt not bear false witness is one of the Ten Commandments. It's one of the ten rules, the ten big, big rules. Um, and that also uh, you need to have corroboration, and when you are found to be lying in order to require an authority to come in and punish somebody, possibly with significant punishment, not just social censure, not just embarrassment, not just having, you know, rumors, you know, spread around about you, um, not even just losing a job, but going to prison. I mean, I, you know, I think that what we're forgetting here is because, because this is not a criminal court and so many of the leftists are like, well, this is just a job interview. It's not a criminal court. And therefore there, there is no requirement for due process or presumption of innocence or, or any of those things. Right. But these allegations are allegations of criminal acts. And so regardless of whether he is tried in a criminal court and ends up uh, risking uh, being subjected to a criminal penalty, right? Uh, if these allegations are believed, right, that's the end of his life, essentially. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, this is, this is scary. I mean, this is scary stuff. I do want to have you stay on the line. I want to welcome our next guest, very popular guy, political strategist, entrepreneur, activist, and popular talk show host, Josh Bernstein. Welcome to the show. Welcome back. How are you, my friend? I'm doing good. There's been uh, a, another breaking news story, though, even besides this last one. Uh, apparently, yes. Brett Kavanaugh uh, was on the grassy knoll in Dallas and was the second shooter. He also is uh, responsible for creating cancer. He was good, close <laughs> friends with Pablo Escobar. And I heard that when he was about nine years old, he ripped the tag off of a mattress in his mother's bedroom. So I just wanted to make sure that we got all of those things out in the open. <laughs> I just want I just I just want to correct you there. Ripping the tag off of the mattress is perfectly fine once you've purchased it and taken it home. It just can't be ripped off before it's sold. So um, that is not a crime. However, uh, you didn't realize that he invented mosquitoes. No, I, I didn't, and the, and the Zika virus and all that. Look, we're, we're in clown town. We're in clown town yeah. right now. Michael yeah. Avenetti is uh, the circus ringleader right now. He's a third-class lawyer. He's a third-class lawyer. He's a fourth-class lawyer. He's an ambulance chaser. He's a piece of crap. And uh, his affidavit oh, that forget, he wrote don't is forget. full of holes. Hey, he has a forty. He has a $40,000 lien on his house. Right, right, and he was a former race car driver. Uh, the guy's an idiot, really, truly an idiot. His affidavit is being pulled apart as we speak. Uh, we now find out that this last accuser actually had a, um, uh, what do you call it, restraining order signed against her by an ex. Uh, she's, you know, not very credible. And I actually did a story on this this week, and I broke out the information from uh, Holton Arms, All Girls Radical Prep School, in Maryland, uh, which, you know, basically preyed, they were predators, they preyed on the boys at Georgetown Prep. If you look at the high school, uh, 1984 high school yearbook information, all they talk about is beer bongs, they talk about binge drinking, they talk about passing out, 
They talk about going out with sophomore boys because they like them young and fresh. I mean, this was a predatory school. So if anything, Brett Kavanaugh is is not only innocent, but he's the victim. And I believe that uh, Christine Blasey is actually a sexual predator and probably a jilted girlfriend or girl that liked him and he didn't want anything to do with her because he could tell what a psychopath she was. Yeah, and here here's the here's the thing I mentioned earlier in the show. The third accuser, um, according to records and according to graduating years, she would have been in college when she said she was attending those high school parties. So essentially, in, in a lot of ways, that's I mean that is statutory rape. I mean, it, you know what she was doing is, mm-hmm. you know, I mean that that there is yeah. What's the age of, of consent in Maryland? Story. What, what's the age of the I, I have in no Maryland? idea. But Josh, you know, but Josh, usually what, it's sixteen. Yeah, but Josh, going back to this though, what what are your thoughts on this whole Kavanaugh process? Do you think he gets in? I believe he gets in. I believe you know this is people are not going to buy into all the BS, and we've seen this before with many other candidates that the Democrats try to constantly slander uh, and you know try to ruin their name. And uh, it's just an old, it's the oldest trick in the book. But what are your thoughts? Well, my thoughts are this. Uh, if you look at Susan Collins, number one, she's already confirmed Brett Kavanaugh once previously in 2006 for the D.C. Yeah. appeals court, number one. Number two, yeah. she has a reputation, um, and uh, I guess you could say on her resume, of uh, you know voting for every single nominee for the U.S. Supreme Court. That's good and bad because that means that she voted for Ginsburg and Sonia Sotomayor and Elena Kagan, but she also did Neil Gorsuch and she did John Roberts and Samuel Alito, and likely she will do this one as well. What I'm hearing is that Lisa Murkowski uh, is the one in Alaska who is uh, wavering at this point. And let's not forget we've got Jeff DeFlake in Arizona uh, he hates President Trump so much yep. that I yep. I could see him, you know, doing something like that too. I, I think you're going to need Vice President Pence in the very end uh, in order to get this yes. nominee approved. Right. Uh, yeah. and, and we'll see what happens. I mean, you know, look, yeah. you got to look at some of the facts here and whether or not Congress and the Senate knows this. Number one, we have Steve Bronstein, a CNN producer, cold calling people at Yale trying to drum up fake stories against Kavanaugh, number one. Number two, we now know that Ricky Seidman, who is an absolute demon, I mean, this is a woman who uh, is literally responsible for not having Robert Bork on the Supreme Court, almost single-handedly. She is the reason why Robert Bork was never a Supreme Court justice. And then you look at what she did with Anita Hill and now what she's doing with Kavanaugh. There's a secret recording that was out from July in which she said that a strategy will develop over time to destroy Brett Kavanaugh. So I would hope and pray that even these moderate, you know, wishy-washy Republicans have gotten wind of these types of behaviors that are out there for the public to know. I would hope that they know these things and that, you know, they're just going to do the right thing. And, you know, and put this guy on the Supreme Court, because think about this. He's already passed a stringent 
criminal federal background check to work at the White House for George W. Bush. Then he right. passed another criminal background check, forensic background check, to be a, uh, a appeals court judge in D.C. Yeah. And yeah. he was given a practical cavity search in order yeah. to become a Supreme Court nominee as well. Right. So you're going to tell me that after all of these – uh, you know, um, investigations and criminal background yeah. checks that all of a sudden now, 36 years later, we're to believe these floozies? I don't think so. No. And that's exactly, he, that's he seems exactly, to be. Yeah, go ahead. He seems to be the kind of guy who has never filed his taxes even a day late. Um, <laughs> you know, like, like he seems yeah. to be like, yeah. a, you know, even Clarence Thomas. You got the impression that he would like, you know, loosen his tie and put a lampshade on his head every once in a while, um, you know, like he not not besmirching his, you know, the dignity of of his role, right, or anything like that, or or his, uh, you know, the veracity of his jurisprudence, but mm-hmm. I mean, he he actually seemed like a little bit more of. You know, a guy who would occasionally have too much to drink and crack the odd off-color joke, right? Brett Kavanaugh does not seem like a guy who even swears when he's alone in the room and bangs his thumb with a hammer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. He, he, he doesn't. And also, here's a guy that admitted to the entire world that he was a yeah. virgin in high school and right. college. How many guys... How many macho, machizo, manly men run around going, I was a virgin in high school and in college? Ha, ha, ha. Well, I mean, that just means we just don't incel. do that. And that, that Brett, just means and he's that an incel, Rory. Yeah, but real quick, real quick, that's Brett Kavanaugh. I mean, that's his character. Brett Kavanaugh admitted right. all of that stuff openly. And let's face it, if this stuff was true – this would have came out through all those background checks, Josh, and that's exactly what I was saying earlier in the show. If they had any dirt on Kavanaugh, he would have not been working under Bush all those years. He would not get all right. the high positions he's been getting. He's been, like you said, he's been given the cavity search. They've done everything. Exactly. And these are all just – this is just fake gibberish propaganda. It's just a And let's check. face it. Yeah, and Diane Feinstein – Held on to this they should for have given so her, long. They should, they should have given her a cavity search. Then she wouldn't have been able to pull that letter out of her ass after six weeks of it being in there. <laughs> exactly. Jesus so true. Christ. So Val- true. Real, real quick, Valerie, your thoughts. <laughs> I think this is a great conversation. That's my thought. Um, no, I think that, you know, it's time that, that, uh, this is finished. I mean, it, there are so many problems in the world. There are so many things going on, and Washington is standing still because of this one nomination. And um, I think that it's time for us to get, you know, get this thing done tomorrow and vote on it and let everybody, especially the Republicans, go home to their districts because we've got an election coming. And it's extremely important, um, you know, and that's the whole point of all of the shenanigans that we're going through now is the Democrats want to make sure that the Republicans don't get home so that they can, you know, continue to campaign without the Republicans and get a better chance of taking over the House and thwarting right. the Kavanaugh nomination uh, in the first place. 
So, so I, my opinion is that we got to get tomorrow over with, get the vote done, get it on the Senate floor, and get our people out back to their districts. Well, that's that's a good strategy. And also, let's not forget that they didn't do this to Neil Gorsuch because Neil Gorsuch at that point was just replacing another conservative. He was replacing exactly. the one that they killed in Antonin Scalia. Uh, and so now you have a situation where Brett Kavanaugh, being conservative, really tilts the court to the right, thankfully, finally. Uh, and so with that, they figured, well, this is the last stand. We, you know, we've got to do whatever we can. We're going to throw the kitchen sink at this and, and see if any of it sticks. Uh, I hope and pray that none of it sticks. I think that he's a highly qualified judge. I think he's probably one of the most qualified judges that we've seen, you know, uh, uh, certainly this century that even has been nominated. You know, Neil Gorsuch uh, also was another really qualified judge. But really, I mean, Kavanaugh, I mean, 12 years, over 300 decisions, this is an extremely experienced judge and squeaky clean. It's just ridiculous what they're doing to this man. And, you know, that's the thing. Not only are they doing it to him, they're doing it to his wife. They're doing it to his little mm-hmm. girls. They're Children. probably crying at night. They had to be You know, removed. it's terrible. Yeah, in addition it, to that, I mean, people aren't even discussing, um, you know, Kavanaugh's um, abilities and his, his history. All they talk about is who he did or did not, you know, attack. And that, that's become his identity. And it's just, it's, it's disgusting. No, yeah, absolutely right. And, and, and Josh, you know, Getting into this whole thing, I mean, do you? I mean, your prediction. I mean, you know, you're a you're an insider. You you get a lot of, uh, you know, stuff and, and information. You know, from sources. You know, what do you think about him getting confirmed? Do you think? I mean, we have a lot of these red state Democrats. Do not forget about these. Like Joe Manchin is really strongly right. considering voting voting for him. He already said that Joe Manchin, and then we got some other ones. What What are your thoughts though about the whole process? Well, look, you know, this could go so many different ways. Um, I can't get inside the mind of some of these female Republican, moderate, wishy-washy senators. Uh, If I had to guess, I would say that Susan Collins likely will vote to confirm because she's already previously done that. So I think there's a history there. Uh, A lot of times what Susan does, uh, you know, Lisa does as well. So we may have a situation where they both vote in the end for Kavanaugh, but I don't know. I mean, I honestly, this was, this is one that I really can't put my finger on. I mean, so far you've had three, almost four accusers. I I'm sure by tomorrow morning, we wake up five, six and seven are going to be out there. I mean, they're just, they're, they're getting into stupid land. And I think the American people understand that because there was a, there was a poll in a video. I don't know if you saw it from CNN, and they asked the people in this, you know, focus group, do you think that he's guilty? And, like, I think only three or four of them said yes, and seven said no. Like, they didn't believe the allegations either, and that was CNN. So that was yeah. kind of surprising to them, like, oh, gee, we probably don't want to show this. You know, it doesn't fit our narrative. So you put all that together, and- I think the American people understand, but it's not the American people that are voting. Oh, yeah. And you point. think about – yeah, go ahead, Valerie. No, I just think that's a good point. You know, it's like we're we're trying this judge in the public opinion in the media, but those people have no um, 
no, nothing to say about the outcome of this. Like, like the gentleman just said, you know, it's about, it's about what the Congress, how the Congress votes. Right. Yeah. And you know, if you really look into this and you really see it, it's, it's going to be bad on the Democrats that you caught in this lie. It's going to look really bad on them for the midterms, for voters. And it already does look bad. I mean, they're, they already look like they're, it's a whole cry wolf and, you know, fake situation. I mean, it just, I, I really see a red wave coming just from so many different, you know, scripted, um, over-the-top uh, things the left has created and acted on, it turns so many people off. You have all these moderates that are going towards Trump now. I mean, there's no more moderate Democratic Party. It's either you're left communism or you are for the, you are for the right. You know, there's no in-between in anymore. Well, we're definitely more polarized. There's no question about it. Uh, look, you know, assuming everything goes right, and he is confirmed, whether it's by the skin of his teeth or whatever, it doesn't right. matter. But let's assume that he is confirmed. I think right. what this has done is it has awoken the complacency in the electorate and the Republican Party. Yeah. And I think that now that after this is done and they have awoken, mm -hmm. I think they're going right. to realize, wow, look at these Democrats. They actually went on video and said that we don't believe in due process. We actually – Admit that we don't believe in due process, and just because she's a woman, she has to be correct, and you know he has to be guilty, and therefore, you know it's his job to prove that he's not guilty. Uh, I'm sorry, but due process and any state or federal crime, it's the accuser that uh, makes the accusation, and it's the state or the federal bureau or whatever. It's their job to prove. That the person mm -hmm. is guilty, not the other way right. around, and it's really frightening to think that these, you know, wild animals like uh, Maisie yep. Hirono and Kirsten Gillibrand and, and Diane Ugh. Feinstein literally Ugh. don't believe in due process. These are U.S. senators that Feminism. literally have admitted on Feminism. camera we don't believe in due process. Ugh. You know what? They I should be removed. Wanna... They should be removed from yeah. the Senate. And quick thing I want to say. If we if if he does not get confirmed, kiss the midterms goodbye for Republicans. Kiss it goodbye. If if he does mm -hmm. if he does not get confirmed, I mean, we are in trouble. But here's what I really want to get into, which is really cool. Veteran sex crimes prosecutor Rachel Mitchell is named as the Kavanaugh uh, hearing questionnaire for for the accuser. Um, she's one of the best ever. She's been doing this 25 years. I'm sure you're familiar with her. But she cross-examines her. She can call out the bullshit right away. And she has caught people in lies many times. And she's from well, here. Look, and she's yeah. from here. She's from Arizona. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I think, um, and I certainly want to get uh, the female um, guests that you have on their perspective as well. But I will say this. You know, the Democrats can't say now that, oh, it was, uh, you know, it was all male. It was all testosterone. It was... You know, you bullied us and this and that because we're having a female ask these questions. I would hope that she is fair-minded and uh, doesn't believe, you know, the, the garbage and the rhetoric coming out from all of these accusations. I would hope oh. that uh, she is impartial and that she can see through 
the uh, the lies of this and isn't a partisan person. I don't know that much about her, uh, and I guess that's a good she's thing because tough. a good she's prosecutor you don't get. hear about. She's a, hey, she's as tough as they get, and she's not she's not for anyone. She's just for the rule of law. You know, she's for the truth. I she's done yeah. a lot of cases, and, and she's very popular. Um, but it's crazy. I mean, it, it, you know, th- this whole thing tomorrow morning is going to be broadcasted worldwide, you know, and there's, there's some speculation and some talk that she may not even show up, the, the uh, accuser. Well, look, if she doesn't show up, I, I would assume that, you know, the senators would probably have to say at that point, okay, well, it probably wasn't that important to her or it wasn't true, so therefore we're going to move on with the vote. Uh, right. I don't know. You know. Again, we're we're in we're in crazy clown town right now. We're in a whole nother level, the twilight zone. And I'm not a big fan of anything Lindsey Gramnesty says or does, but he's right. I mean, this is clown yeah. town. We, you know, we're in the twilight zone. We are. We are. We absolutely are. And you know, I was talking about on the show earlier. You know, the double standard. I mean, you have all these people on the left that are sexual predators and, and rapists, but the left stays silent mm-hmm. about it. And But, oh, my God, all hell breaks loose if it's a Republican. And, uh, you know, the Minis- there's exactly. a Minnesota paper out. There's a Minnesota paper out today joining legal efforts to unseal Keith Ellison's divorce records. This guy's a known uh, woman beater, and there's proof of it, and the Democrats aren't even talking about it. But they hear something that happened 40 years ago, that's not even true about Kavanaugh, and everybody goes nuts. It's just so such a double thing. Exactly. It's sick. What do, What do the ladies, uh, the female guests that you have on, what do they think about the female prosecutor asking the questions? Valerie, what What are your thoughts, Valerie? I think it's great because then you're not looking. It's not about um, the sex, whether you're a, a man or a woman. It's about what they have to say. And and mm-hmm. and this kind of it evens the playing ground, you know. This way, this way, mm-hmm. it's you know. I I resent the whole thing that it's the woman that's making this, um, this um, you know, uh, that that's accused the accuser, versus you know any other way. I mean, it's it's basically, are you telling the truth or are you not telling the truth? And I think having a woman trying to get that information is better for. Um, the offense is better for us. Mm-hmm. And you know, let's let's let's. You want to hear something really? You know what? What? How much hypocrisy? And it contradicts what they say they stand for. Bill Cosby's Hollywood Walk of Fame star won't even be removed, and this guy's going to prison be. for rape. Huh? Yeah, I, I want to hear. I want to hear Karen's response. But before Karen, you give the response. I'll say something about the. Uh, the Karen, Hollywood Walk Karen, of Fame. Karen's not on. I don't know what happened. It got oh, disconnected. she's not on anymore. Okay, gotcha. Uh, well, the Hollywood Walk of Fame stars, very simple. They passed a rule years ago that no matter what, no right, Hollywood star can be ever be removed. That's why no, Trump will never be removed. I don't care what the communists right. and Marxists right. of the California uh, City Council passed. It doesn't matter. It can't be yeah. removed. So uh, yeah. a convicted rapist like Bill Cosby yeah. will still have his yeah. star. 
Yeah, and here's the sick part. Nobody's protesting that star, but they're all over Donald Trump's star. It's just so – it's such a yep. – it's it, there's just no meaning to it. I mean, there's no merit. I mean, there, these people are delusional and live in a fantasy land and live in a, like we said, a twilight zone. I mean, it's unbelievable. What I don't even know. Are these people aliens? Like it's Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, it's one of those things though. I mean, where am I living? I mean, what's going on? It's, it, it, I just hate these people. I wake up, I read these articles and there's more stupid stuff going on now there's this statue more statues being removed because it offends people after being there for 200 years why didn't they remove it years ago if it offends them so much i mean i'm just right i'm tired of it all it's it's always something else with the liberals one week it's something and then another week it's something else they're always on to something else next week it will be who knows who knows what will be next week i mean we don't we don't know but what I want to get into really, Josh, what do you think of Rod Rosenstein, the douchebag? Uh, right. <laughs> the leaking, to the New York, the leaking to the New York Times, trying to take the undercover recording, trying to pull the 25th Amendment bullshit. I mean, what are your thoughts? Mm-hmm. And Trump's going to meet with him either tomorrow or Friday. Um, yeah. And, you know, they're going to go over it. But I, what my thoughts are, I think Trump will politely ask, Rosenstein to resign, and I if hope he doesn't, so. Trump's going to fire him. I don't know. Um, I'm hearing different stories. I'm hearing that uh, he's going to keep him on until after the midterms. So I, I don't know. I've heard conflicting stories on that. But let me say this: a lot of people say that you know the deep state is you know not going away and this and that. Understand that 85 or more. Department of Justice and FBI officials, either low-ranking or mid-ranking, have either resigned, retired, been fired, or you know, or forced uh, forced out in, in some respect, demoted or whatever, suspended or whatever. And you know, you start adding up the people. You've got James Baker; he is gone. You've got Lisa Page; she is gone. You've got Peter Stroke. He's gone. You've got uh, Loretta Lynch. She's under federal investigation, criminal investigation. Andrew McCabe, gone, under investigation. Uh, You know, you've got James Comey, gone, under investigation. So for the folks that don't think that the deep state is actually being decimated, yeah, it's happening slowly, unfortunately, but it is happening. It is happening. People need to understand that these people are going down, or at least at this point, not in these uh, positions of power. I'm tired of hearing this comment, drain the swamp. I don't want to drain the swamp. I want to drown the swamp creatures in their own swamp water. Okay, That's what I want to do. I'm not interested in draining anything. I want these people to be drowned in their own swamp water. It is happening. They're circling the drain. It is taking a long time. But it is happening. Yeah, and and it's one of those things where you know, um, Valerie, go ahead, and then I have a lot, I have a lot to say. Go ahead, Valerie. No, I think it's interesting your comment about draining the swamp. I just think that, like many politicians who make a career out of getting reelected for forty years, there's also should be a time limit on some of the people that have Absolutely. made careers being bureaucrats. 
um, you know, they come in during one administration and then and they stay because they have a good thing going and they have a job and all they have to do is show up. But the problem is, you know, if you come here because you support a particular uh, president and their um, their agenda, and then another president comes in with a different agenda, you know, you should be able to support. You should be able to do your job. And and so many exactly. people right now are in in um, positions of power that want to undermine President Trump. That yeah. you know they should they should be out. They should they should leave, resign, retire, be fired, whatever it takes. Because they if they can't do their job, they shouldn't be there. And I don't care what their personal belief is, but they can't act that out on the on the job. That's not professional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. Let me right. let me it, it, let me kind of add yeah, ahead, a couple of things here. Yeah, real quick. Um, No, I I, uh, I was at a, an event um, about uh, probably a week ago, I guess, maybe six days ago, and I was sitting down and eating, and I was talking uh, to Representative Biggs, who I know, and we were talking obviously about everything, and this is before some of these allegations started, and we were talking about the deep state and why it was taking so long and. He said, look, it's the bureaucrats that, uh, that are still stuck in Washington. And I suggested to him, I said, you know, we need a temporary um, transition act. He's like, what the, what's that? And I said, well, think about it. If you passed a temporary transition act, which thereby would say that any new incoming president that's coming into the, uh, the White House, the past administration's people that they hired and put into the positions at the Department of Justice and in the FBI and all the alphabets and the DHS and everybody else, they have 90 days to find new work. They are put on immediate leave after 90 days. They are completely expected to be fired. Now, he said, well, Josh, that would be tough because there's so many, there's thousands of those people who would replace them. I said, well, if these people knew that they only had 90 days, A, they would try to find other jobs, and B, there would be more people applying, and that, that administration would have a separate team to hire new people for their, for their new administration. I said that way you don't have these entrenched uh, you know, uh, government you know, drones that refuse to do their work, are on you know, Democratic Socialists of America all day, uh, not doing the work, resisting from within inside the own administration. I said it's absolutely ridiculous. Look, I know James O'Keefe. Uh, he's been on my show before, and his investigations are just spot on. And some of these people have already lost their jobs from it. We need to do more of that. We need to get rid you're, of the past you're administration. You're referring to Project Veritow guy, right? I am. I am, yeah. We need a temporary transition act passed by Congress. And of course, term limits. You got to have term limits. Oh, absolutely. And and you know, Josh, it, 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 you're absolutely right. And you know, I want to I want to shift gears a little bit. And you you've been covering this. Trump today came out and is worried about China, uh, you know, interfering in the 2018 midterms because you know with the, all the tariffs battle and all this stuff going on. You know, what are your thoughts on that? Well, look, I mean, it's one of those things where there were some ads, I guess, that uh, the Chinese placed in Iowa that were trying to talk about, you know, the farming communities and 
and labor and things like that. I think the American people are smarter than that. I don't think that it's going to be, you know, a, a, a situation that is going to be an interference or a collusion in any respect. Bottom line is China's getting their ass kicked now because we're no longer the piggy bank. We're not going to accept their currency manipulation. And, uh, right. you know, we're, we're putting tariffs on their goods, and we find them, the, the Chinese uh, communications company, I forget what it's called, XY or X Y E or I forget. There's some weird name. Anyway, we find them a billion dollars um, for you know all kinds of uh, different things as far as um, patent um, infractions and, and things like that. So we're just we're not messing around anymore. And um, I mean, look what he said at the United Nations. I don't believe in globalism. I believe in yeah. uh, nationalism. I believe in putting America first, and we're stronger yeah. and better for doing it. So he's uh, – look, we lost out. You know, President Trump is one of us. He is. He's truly one of us, and that's what people yeah. need to understand. He's not a globalist. He's not a moderate. He's not a wishy-washy establishment Republicrat, rhino. He's one of us. He's, he's yeah. a conservative, he's an libertarian constitutionalist. You know, and uh, we lucked out, man. We lucked out that the American people were smart enough to see that the other 17 were not worthy of being president. Right. And uh, I think that, you know, when you still see that there's 10,000 people in St. Louis that are waiting to get into an event that already has 18,000 people inside, and there's four right. mile long lines to get into the event, he's doing yeah. something right. You know, and it was actually, actually 20,000 20, that got turned away. It was crazy. It's insane. It's insane. And, and, and you know, your thoughts on the whole President Trump and Kim Jong un, uh, you've been covering that story quite a bit. What are your thoughts? You know, you have inside, you know, sources on. I actually, real quick, before we, before we uh, move to that, Valerie, what are your thoughts on, on, uh, I'm on that. Um, I'm passing right now. I don't know. Go ahead. Okay. All right. Keep going. All right. But yeah, but talking about President Trump and Kim Jong Un, um, Josh, uh, you know, getting to that. Yeah. You know, they're going to meet for a second well, summit, um, and they're going to, mm-hmm. you know, probably make some deals. Uh, Trump said that he's got some very nice letters from Kim, Chairman Kim, as he calls him. And, uh, you know, there's some some positivity going on and a good smooth road as of now. But as Trump said, anything could happen and anything could change. So uh, your thoughts on this? My, my thoughts are that, number one, uh, there's no rockets being shot at Japan right. <laughs> yep. or South Korea yep. or anywhere else. Nope. So no that's missiles, number yeah. one. Yep. Number two, no president in U.S. history has ever met with and negotiated with the leaders of North Korea. That would be exactly. number two. Yep. Number three, President Trump is a master negotiator. The art of the deal was on full display when he met in Singapore with uh, the pudgy dog eater, Kim Jong-un. Um, <laughs> yep. And I think that more than anything else, President Trump understands and looks at North Korea – from a totally different perspective. He sees North yeah. Korea as a future, you know, Trump Ping Yang golf course. Yeah. 
he sees uh, mm-hmm. North Korea as, you know, uh, a, a prime area for real estate uh, after his White House uh, is over. So, and he also understands that countries that develop, nations that develop and grow and open up their uh, economy to other economies and freedoms and everything else, they they don't attack their neighbors and things like that. And, and again, that you know, that's also something that George W. Bush said about Iraq way back when, that, uh, you know, democracies don't attack each other, which is basically true. But I think that with North and South, I think at some point there's uh, going to be a reunification. I don't know when that is going to be. I will say this. If President Trump was smart, and I've been saying this for about four years now, we never actually had an end to the North Korean, you know, the Korean War. It was a 1953 armistice agreement, which was basically uh, a ceasefire. So the North Koreans spent the remaining last 40, 50, 60 years telling anyone that would listen in their country that Americans are bloodthirsty savages. They're hiding in your closet. They're hiding under your bed, and they're willing to kill you and eat you and murder your children. So they teach their people through what is known as Juche, which is a Stalinist Marxist ideology centered around um, a mythical type of leader, which again would be Chairman Kim. Uh, They teach them that America is going to invade their country at any moment. And they used to have these propaganda things, and they used to have these readiness drills, and and basically keep the people scared that the Americans are literally going to be knocking on their door to to come in and and kill them and their children. A lot of that has ceased since President Trump has met. A lot of that is no longer being shoved down the North Koreans' throats. They still don't have access to the outside world so much. I mean, every now and then – you know, they see some South American uh, or South Korean television and they see women dressed up as, you know, supermodels and dancing and they go, wow, why don't we have that here? And then someone finds out that they have a TV and they're slaughtered. So it, we're talking about a situation that isn't going to open up overnight. But I guess the best thing that I could say is that President Trump is a trust but verified type president like Reagan. And if he sees that they're trying to pull the wool over his eyes, He's going to react to that. So he'll give them the benefit of the doubt. He'll give them a little bit of leeway, but he'll also give them enough rope to let them hang themselves. Well, well, well said. Yeah, uh, wow. That was uh, – I do have a response, but uh, Valerie, go ahead. Um, very astute um, what you had to say there. I, th- I think that – I mean, I don't know what to expect with, with the whole situation. I agree with you that – um, you know, Trump has a lot of chutzpah to get in there. Every area within the world that needs some kind of change or adjustment, he's he's there. He's in their face, and he's intimidating enough just to get to the table. And I, I uh, give him kudos for that. Um, I just don't know North Korea and Kim Jong Un well enough to make any kind of prediction. I mean, I think just uh-huh. the fact that, that they are both at the table is, is a huge uh, a huge feather in both of their caps because, you know, that hasn't happened in decades. Uh, but I just don't, Never I don't know enough to know what that means in terms of real change. Um, I, I, I hope that you're right with regard to having the North and the South reunify. 
Um, it seems that it that the, everybody wants that if if you know the um, the fine print is is um, the main um, stumbling block, I suppose. And I don't really know you know how they will go about that, but um, I'm certainly hopeful that that it will happen at some time in the future. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. It's Josh. You you want to respond? Yeah, I've talked to in conversation with several Trump uh, officials. Um, in fact, a couple that worked uh, directly underneath uh, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. And Mike Pompeo at this point does not want to sign a ceasefire with uh, North Korea. And one of the main reasons is is because President Trump is still negotiating. We want to be negotiating from a point of strength rather than weakness. I don't see it that way. I see if you were to sign a, peace, uh, a ceasefire and a declaration, if you will, not a, not a ceasefire because we've already done that, an actual declaration of, of to end the war in, uh, in uh, Korea. But with caveats, you will open up to Amnesty International and Doctors Without Borders and allow medical yep. assistance and help for your people. That would be number one. Yep. Number two, you will completely dismantle your nuclear program 100%, never to rebuild it ever again. Number three, you will open up freedoms for your people. You will give them the right to speak freely, have free elections, uh, freedom of speech, all the, all the wonderful things that we do. And if you do all that, then you know we'll sign a, a declaration to end the war, and we'll even back you up as a new ally. Now, that's a lot to chew on because, again, we haven't been allies with a country like North Korea. But if we do it on our terms, not on their terms, then we are now negotiating from a point of strength rather than weakness. I've had conversations with Trump officials, and I've told them that. They say that is an excellent idea, and I'll you know, send it up the ladder, so to speak. But right now, the very, very, very top, Mattis and, and – you know, and, uh, you know, uh, Pompeo and all those people, they're, they're not interested in doing anything like that just yet. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I mean, um, Jesus, you've, uh, and that's some, uh, I mean, that's, that's a lot to take in right there. Um, you know, uh, Valerie, you want to respond? I'm sorry. I have to, um, get off the line at the moment. Um, I apologize. Okay. I've got we have about a minute, we have about a minute left, so I'll let you I'll let you go, Valerie. But please uh I'm sorry. where everybody can find you, give your web your website. Sure. Um my book my book is Backyard Jihad. You can find uh, find it on Amazon dot com and you can um find my blog and my my site at backyardjihad.com. dot com. Yep, Valerie, what do we have left? Sorry I have to go quickly. Yep, no worries. No worries. Thank you. Okay, Valerie Greenfeld, thank you. Thank you, my co host. Um, Always a pleasure. And uh, just want to let everybody know uh, she's a political strategist, entrepreneur, activist, and she's an Islamic historian, international security expert, and she used to work for Ronald Reagan. So, um, very, uh, very excited to have her uh, a part of my team. But Thank you, Valerie. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Rory. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Have a good night. Bye.
Um, and then who who was Karen? You said you had Karen on. Karen has. Yeah, she's a, a she's a YouTube star. And she's a spokesman for men's rights, and uh, she does a lot of public speaking all around the uh, <clears throat> the world for you know different for them okay. for all, for us, man. She speaks for us, which is cool. I mean, you know, you, you don't find that that often gotcha. in women, you know. What's yeah, sure. sure. But but Josh, I I really want to thank you for coming on. Uh, please advertise sure. whatever you have. Uh, I have a few. I have uh, about a minute. You can advertise advertise for about a minute. Uh, have a little bit of time. Sure. Yeah, um, obviously uh, freedom of speech is under attack each and every day, so help me defeat yeah. censorship by going to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Josh Bernstein, J-O-S-H-B-E-R-N-S-T-E-I-N, and also don't forget to check out AMAC, AMAC.us, the Association of Mature American Citizens, the conservative alternative to AARP, you can call them at 888-262-2006. Mention the Rory Souter Show, and you'll even get a free membership. Just mention Rory Souter Show, and you'll get a free membership, amac.us. Excellent. And, Josh, um, your website as well, people where people can find your show and everything? Yeah, well, you can find uh, – you can read about me on Wikipedia. You can go to Amazon, Amazon Prime, Amazon Fire Stick, Roku Television – you can look me up there, YouTube, all over the place. Uh, and then, again, the website is uh, com forward slash Josh Bernstein. That's where uh, you'll find all my information. Excellent. And, and Josh, um, I really want to thank you for coming on. Um, you know, we're, it's going to be an interesting uh, day tomorrow uh, for the, uh, for the testimony. Will. So. We're going to see where I'm curious to see the outcome. And uh, obviously there will be lots to talk about uh, once that's over. So I look forward to uh, having you back on soon. And uh, it's always a pleasure, my friend. And uh, okay. God bless, man. Uh, have a good night. I'll talk to you soon, okay? You got it. Take care. All right, man. Take care. Josh Bernstein, everybody. Amazing guest. Always a pleasure having him on. Um, I want to thank all of my special guests tonight. I want to thank my audience. I want to thank my co-hosts. I want to thank all my sponsors. We are now downloadable in 15 countries. You can, to name a few stations where you can find us, uh, other stations, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, CastBox, Player.fm, iTunes, Spotify, Blueberry, Radio Public, uh, TuneIn. Um, we are all over the place and we are doing very well. And um, I can't thank uh, you all enough. And um, it's been a, it's always a, uh, an amazing uh, adventure uh, and uh, great honor to uh, share my insight and shine my light with you um, on a, uh, on a weekly basis. So, um, and also uh, please visit um, RorySodder.tv. You can find more information about me there. You can also visit the Donald J. Trump Store.com. Again, that's the Donald J. Trump Store.com. Also visit GetYourAppBuilt.com. Again, that's GetYourAppBuilt.com. Uh, great place, best place to get your apps built. Uh, best service, best price. Uh, you won't regret it. 
Um, also, um, we um, have another thing we want you to visit is makingchristianitygreatagain.com. Again, that's makingchristianitygreatagain.com for all your uh, rel- Christianity-oriented uh, clothing and apparel uh, that uh, relates all to Trump. It's uh, really cool stuff you guys will uh, enjoy. Um, all my li- everybody, uh, it's been an honor. Uh, have a great night. Um, we will be back here uh, tomorrow. We have a huge show. We'll have a lot to discuss. Um, and, uh, you know, we have some stuff that I didn't get to tonight, but I will get to tomorrow. Um, we always have a big, large list uh, of topics. And uh, sometimes we get so caught up in, in one topic and then another. We don't, we don't get to all of them, unfortunately, but we will. And uh, I will cover that tomorrow. Um, like I said, though, again, thank you. Um, have a great night, everybody. And uh, I will see you tomorrow. Big show tomorrow. God bless. Cheers.